0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 186 of the podcast. I um, am recording this back at my home in Los Angeles. I will briefly be here before I do an appearance at the University of Chicago's Sex Week uh, this weekend. I'm very excited about that. Um, Julian and I, my cousin, for those of you who have listened to that episode or heard me talk about him in the past, my cousin and I will be doing um, a talk together for the students and I just can't wait. Um, it's, uh, It's really something I've been looking forward to for a while, so I'm super excited to do that and then I'll be traveling uh, to New York for work. So I'm um, taking this brief moment to put this episode out. I'm kind of saying all this because I'm not entirely sure I'm going to have time to get to an episode next week um, unless maybe I record that speech that i'm doing with julian and just release it as a podcast episode well this is what they call thinking out loud please enjoy this week's episode i was able to record it in san francisco while janine was up at Sketchfest, and i so appreciate her time because she was doing a million shows while she was uh, up at the festival but i i've been talking to her about doing the podcast for the last couple of years so i'm really glad it came together um and uh i just appreciate her frankness and her honesty and her fearlessness um uh, on the podcast and in life. Um, whether or not you always agree with her, I think, um, you know, she's a truth speaker and, uh, and a, and a person who, um, I think there are a lot of things about her that I, I wish that I were more like, um, certainly having strong convictions is, uh, is very impressive quality. And to be honest with you in Hollywood, it's weirdly rare. So anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, I want to get into some shout outs, David. I want to thank you for your email. Uh, Lumen in Germany. Hello. Um, Andrea, Nessa, uh, Kyle, thank you so much for sending that extraordinary gift. He sent me this beautiful piece of art that I will, um, take a picture of at some point and put on the uh, podcast, and, uh, the podcast page and probably Twitter as well. And crystal, thank you for your wonderful, wonderful email. Um, uh, I, I guess that's it, guys. I welcome you into the podcast. I hope you have a, uh, a wonderful week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Now entering nerdist.com. I'll say it again. There's not a lot of pomp and circumstance at the beginning of this. Although if I played pomp and circumstance... Then there would be. Then there would literally be... A lot of pomp and circumstance. A lot of pomp and circumstance. (laughs) This is... uh, We're sitting so close... Mm-hmm. We're almost it's almost it's it's, the it's a very emotionally intense and the authenticity that people that's uh, what they have come to expect people, that people expect from Janet varney that's right <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say that that wasn't true, but i'm afraid it might actually be very true um Thank you so much for doing this. Thank I feel like I brought me. it up to you I saw you in bridgetown i 'm not expecting you to remember this, but we were both at Bridgetown. Mm-hmm. Right after I started this podcast, before I was even releasing episodes, because I just banked a bunch, Mm -hmm. probably because I was terrified that if I released two and someone said something shitty, I would change everything I was doing. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I'm going to set whatever this tone is. And then by the time it starts being released... Mm-hmm. no one will be able to I'll be like well listen I'm stuck now so this is well, what I do. It, fear of criticism which we all
1: have oh, yes. will hobble you to a degree. It really
0: can. It it, it has stopped me from doing certain things has it really? over the years that because i really regret mm, 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 this is the first place i can immediately go mm-hmm. is i think people think of you as the person who doesn't respond to that stuff who does the stuff where you're like why don't you go fuck yourselves this is this thing i need to say or want to say well here, so for even to know f- here's the you thing. doing that is shocking
1: i do care about criticism a great deal uh, i can be as insecure as the next person um validation from others is important to me yeah and also it feels good when people have faith in you it feels good when people sure like what you're doing now that sure. that that I don't have this attitude of like I'm just going to say whatever. When I say things, I say them because I believe them to be true whether we're talking about the political uh realm, culture, what have you, stand yeah. up, what just talking. I don't say things to be provocative. Yeah. I don't say things to seek out trouble. I have no wish to yeah. to be thought ill of have yeah.
0: people. <laughs> say I dislike you and yeah, any yeah. of that.
1: But if you're talking about uh you know cuz also uh, there is a gender bias in yeah. that uh, comments that come from women and people of color are, can be interpreted very differently by the, the in the aggregate by, yeah. by the general masses. That, that yeah. People can be harder yeah. on on females and people of color. That's it's always been that way, and it will always be that way. That is unfortunate. Yeah, Ho- that has changed a great deal from as time goes on, but yeah. it still exists. Especially if you speak out politically, right and uh, I have learned never to say I'm sorry if I have nothing to be sorry for. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, th- going back to the, the horrible time of the early aughts and the Bush years, people often forget what it was like. Uh, right. W- you know, the whole Iraq thing, the whole uh, faux patriotism of never criticizing anything or mm-hmm. never. Or never uh, Unless it's the French. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> uh, Feel at free all, to criticize the French as much as you want. Everyone, Get it all, take it all out on the French. Uh,
1: it, uh, until we have a chance to. To take a dump on Muslims again. That's right. Now we're all French. You know, That's as long right. as we can shit on on, yeah. on the Muslim. Find people, us our other. Now we can be uh, all French. Yeah. Now, this is certainly not everybody in America. I'm talking about just the right wing yeah. and those that are uh, uh, that are non-critical thinkers, and which could be a very loud and voice. are yeah the, yeah. the they're the squeakiest wheels. The, yeah. the biggest babies are the biggest loudest criers. Yeah. Now the, anyone who. First of all, French toast. Remember when they were saying freedom toast?
0: First of all, French French <laughs> so toast is from it's from
1: Belgium. And same
0: with French fries and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. freedom
1: fries. Uh, yeah. I mean, those are from Belgium. Yeah. And French toast was started in Buffalo, New York. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs>
1: just even it, it it was tragic when yeah. that was going on. We can yeah. laugh now. But were you
0: it's, doing it's Air America funny. right then? Yes. I thought so. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: that kind of criticism very painful to me very painful the criticism that we received at air america or anybody yeah no matter who you are who's who's who who said anything uh critical and quite rightly critical right um, of of the bush administration their policies etc etc that was a very painful time for me i do not wish to revisit it uh I, I am proud of what we did at Air America. I'm proud of what we stood for. And I'm very, very proud of Sam Cedar, who is still, to this day, fighting the good fight with the majority report on a podcast. He's yeah. a, a brilliant guy, a great guy who has committed his life to, I, I, I think, public service of, of uh, informing yeah. citizens to no benefit to him, yeah. monetarily or otherwise. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and. He, and he doesn't mind criticism. You know what I mean? Like Sam is, a, is, is one of those guys who welcomes yeah. the interaction uh, with, with a dumbass on the phone. Right, you know, that right, kind of thing. Right. I do not. Yeah, I don't like it. It hurts me. It makes yeah. me want to cry. Um, and also when I'm talking about reproductive justice or talking about uh, and any of these things uh, or – in the particular line of work that I happen to be in, criticisms about hack writing things yeah. of that nature—I don't do it to be provocative. I'm just mm. saying, saying what's going yeah. on, and 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 you know, my standup is like that. It's it's I, I don't like it at all yeah. when people don't like me. Yeah, it hurts me. I think
0: that's <sighs> good to hear. I'm pretty sure you've been asked that before, but that's something that I mean, particularly for my podcast and kind of the. the, the The initial uh, conception of it, and guys, for those of you who have heard me explain it once or twice, I mean, I don't think that I've, I wasn't doing it like every single episode in the beginning, but um, this idea that all, so many of those feelings, while they may ebb, um, we stay very close to those feelings of Mm -hmm. being teenagers and caring what people think. And that if you're in the spotlight in this sort of, in the entertainment business, there is still this sense of like... I'm beholden to these people who are judging me, and therefore, mm-hmm. maybe it's closer to the surface than it would be if I, for, in my case, yeah. if I had stayed in San Francisco and worked in a store, which is what I was doing. Right. You know, I wasn't, I just wasn't feeling that in the same way. And so, for someone like you, um, and this also came up for me very recently because I was shooting something with our mutual friend Greg Barrett, mm-hmm. who adores you. And the and thing I that eat. he did, and he I has eat. you. He created a character who has you as her hero in this thing, which you probably don't know. I don't. know. Um, so I'm telling you for the first time. Uh, but this, but I am this. I'm the villain because I always end up playing a rude, blonde, blue, blue-eyed uh, villain. Uh, essentially. Um, is like this this other girl this younger girl who I'm sort of bossing around is Mm -hmm. like you know I love Janine Garofalo because she was this and she was brave and she was da 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 well he's giving me too much, You're he's see giving him this too much credit. <laughs> he's gonna be like, I saw my Mom, Barney, why
1: did you yeah, why I did you tell site. her that? I, I love Greg Greg. That that's very kind of him. Uh, I it, that's giving me too much credit. I don't I don't I don't think I'm particularly brave. I don't think yeah. I'm really anything. In yeah. fact, the only important thing I think I've ever done is Air America. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Back then that back then. For yeah that, for that amount of time that I did it. And uh and again, it wasn't because I thought I was good at it. It wasn't mm-hmm. because I thought people should listen to me. I just felt, th- s- this is madness, what's going on that, yeah. in, in, in America right now. This is madness. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, I was asked by, by a very dear man to do to do that. Because unfortunately, the mainstream media only wants to put people we can disrespect on who are against the status quo, right? Uh, right. Say, in this, for this example, war. Right. Uh, The Iraq war, the Iraq invasion, the illegal invasion of Iraq. Now, mainstream media news outlets are beholden to – the status quo and groupthink and corporate profits and and uh, so they didn't they didn't want to put the voices from the Pentagon uh, the many voices from the Pentagon yeah. and in government who were saying this is wrong yeah because people would have to listen to that yeah so they wanted to only whatever book. their
0: version of fringe is becomes Janine Garofalo uh, yeah
1: they they would say let's get actors on it because we can mm. mock and marginalize them it's uh, easy and y-y-y. we can make the anti-war movement look like a very small thing although Isn't it was huge interesting historically unprecedented. Yeah. Unprecedented numbers showed up to protest the war before it even started. Yeah, right. So, but they only want to have a handful of people that we can mock. God,
0: I never thought about it that way. That's That's they do that for
1: reproductive rights a lot, and for labor issues and stuff. A lot of times you'll see. Uh, people in entertainment representing, not because there aren't voices from all walks of life that could be doing this right. on, on these news programs. Right. That's very deliberate, so that you can go, ah, shut the hell up, so and so, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's easy to dismiss it. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's it's just it's just a that's the nature of mainstream media. It's always been that way. It's not new. Corporate yeah. media is corporate media. It is what it is. Luckily now in modern culture we have more access to, to. Uh, to to uncensored media than ever before and that's a good thing absolutely but uh, having said that uh, still to this day people misunderstand me Not, not lots of people those that misunderstand me I don't want to make it seem like I'm very well known I'm not but uh Sometimes I'll I'll run into somebody who says, oh, I wrote this character based on you. Who is this kind of uh, surly, almost teenage, like (laughs) Doc Martin? First of all, I'm over 50. I'm I'm over 50. And I I don't think of myself as a surly, (laughs) petulant, smash the marketplace (laughs) person at all. Maybe uh, in my
0: 20s, you could say maybe there was an element of that. But also in, in terms of what you're saying about kind of, You know, I have friends in the entertainment industry who, this is a, this is a, mm. I have friends who will say, and I think, again, rightly so, that even within the entertainment industry, this place that supposedly isn't as tied to corporate media, even though that's who pays our checks, Uh um, that there's room for one of everyone. Like, there's room for one Melissa McCarthy, hilarious, brilliant, isn't skinny, Mm Mm-hmm. We got her. Well, I guess we got Rebel Wilson. Rebel. Yes, she's way Re- younger. Do you know what I mean? It's like right. a generationally. Like, who do we have room for? And that's not. I think that's not. Maybe it's not as it's true as it was. And little it's a generalization, but it's still right? But I wonder if it's like Janine. We had Janine, and then you, when oh. you're pressed to think of someone else who was making statements like that, who was who was who was sort of embraced by a certain generation of people or what have you can someone immediately conjure someone else? Now, I'm not saying it's laziness on their part, but I think whatever was pushed forward, it's like, I remember Sinead O'Connor. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, another good example of somebody with a great heart who did not want to be disliked, who ripped up a picture of the Pope and then immediately burst into tears when she was booed. Oh, and, like the conflict there of sort what of, especially to being her raised as a so woman, unfair. going, you so know, I'm unfair. supposed to, I'm not supposed to, mm-hmm. I don't want to be hated. I'm suppo- I want, to, I want mm-hmm. everyone to like me. And yet I'm so conflicted about this thing. I feel passionately about, where who makes those decisions, wh- Who is making those decisions at what level? Well, don't and, forget groupthink, you know. the hive mind. Yeah. and, and uh, the crowd
1: is only as intelligent as its weakest link. Uh, yeah. And there's always a mob mentality eager to go after women, especially yeah. always, always, always. Uh, they'll go after men too, but I'm saying if you're female, for, you really got to watch it. And then, and you know, Frank Sinatra saying, "I'd slap that bald," you know, whatever. Right. For, you know, he's a bully. Yeah, the late. The That's <laughs> right. what Donald
0: Trump would have said. If and, he, and, yeah, and, yeah, he probably and, did say it. And,
1: then. and people like Donald Trump, Sarah Payne, they are bullies. They're bullies. It's yeah. nonsense. The Republican Party is 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 now like Britain's National Front. They are a nationalist, bullying, anti-intellectual group. That's what they've become over the last forty years. That's what they are. Yeah. I don't say that to be provocative. That is a fact. Yeah. Uh, and if you look at the type of people that respond to Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, And the type of people that respond to Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, Sarah Palin, that's a very different breed of cat. That's a, you know, these are two types of the human nature. And there's the unrestrained id, which is on the right. And then there's people who want better and know you have to participate. uh, Because Bernie Sanders asked you to do something. You got to do stuff to to make us all better. Right. The Donald Trumps and the Sarah Palins and the Ted Cruz Republican, Rans, whatever, they ask you nothing. It's just slogans, just bumper sticker
0: nonsense. It's and isn't, easy. Yeah, it really is easy. And that that reminds me of, I brought this up uh, on the podcast before fairly recently, but I read a really great piece in L magazine about this. Um, There's a, a reporter who's been covering Hillary for 10 years, 10 plus years. And it was, the whole article was about um, how conflicted she was because of because of many people who struggle with ch- political choices that they make as citizens, many of us on that side are thinking critically about each thing that happens. And this person believes in this, and it feels very nuanced. And, you know, Hillary did this and this, but at the same time, she did this, this, and this. And, and to feel conflicted about that stuff is so much more challenging right. intellectually and emotionally right. than just going like he says this is bad. Right. Oh, the I way apologize I to the south. No- I know plenty of people who have accents who are much smarter than me. But the, right. so now I'm generalizing. But this, you know, this this sort of idea of Let's like do non-regional this person, sa- yeah, non regional accent, my newscaster accent. This person is bad. This person says this is bad. That makes me feel safe. Therefore, I don't care about any of the other stuff. That makes me feel safe on it's some level. neurological. It's yeah. neurological. Yeah. What makes you
1: a right-winger is neurological. What makes you respond to right-wing messages is neurological. It mm-hmm. has, I think, has to do with your limbic brain or the prefrontal, whatever it is, the executive function of your brain. If you can't handle nuance, if you can't handle empathizing, if you can't handle the long game, the big yeah. picture, whatever you want and to call it. And possibly
0: changing your mind about something. That's not... That's which, not, that's too scary, you it's, know? It's also...
1: It's, 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 it, all, all the things... Uh, anxiety, fear... Ignorance, apathy uh, isms that 's what puts you on the right and that 's what makes you respond to to Fox News and all of that mm-hmm. um, those that 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 have the ability today and this has nothing to do with academic smarts, this has to do with emotional intelligence
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, again i don 't say these things to be provocative or surly, as i said i 'm an aARP I have no wish. <laughs> to be, you know, an ad busters. Uh, As much as I like ad busters. Yeah. You know, I'm not protesting Whole Foods. I like Whole Foods. Yeah.
0: The CEO (laughs) gives me agenda, but that's a a different story.
1: It's uh, And, you know, I like a gentrified neighborhood. As a female that walks alone at night, this makes me very unpopular to say it. I'm going to say it. Yeah. The only people that have, I think, uh, a claim on gentrification complaints are are indigenous First Nation tribes. Mm. Gentrification has been going on since the beginning of time yeah or animals that have been displaced Uh gentrification (laughs) is an ongoing part of the human condition yeah Uh, i am not unsympathetic to those that suffer from gentrification but this has is not new right and uh as someone who likes to walk and likes to walk alone at night uh and again this makes me very unpopular to say it i have walked the streets of new york uh since the 1970s uh, my father's aunt lived on Avenue A in the early 70s. When we go to visit her as a child, uh, it was a terrifying place to be. I don't mind that there's thin crust pizza on Avenue A right now. <laughs> I like it. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, mind yeah, yeah. that you're not, uh, as a child, uh, playing amongst needles and, gla- and stuff like that, right. that that was in play 70s and 80s until the early 90s. Um, the, that This is an ongoing process. Gentrification, it's... Uh, My father's aunt was a holdout. You know what I mean? She had been there since the 1950s. She herself could not use the elevator. She was not safe there. And then eventually she was put into a senior citizen's home, that kind of thing, because she could no longer live independently on her own. But the building that she lived in, which I can still walk past now, (laughs) um, because I live in New York now as an adult in 2016, and I've been there since 1995, and I've watched certain things change from the 70s it's nicer. Yeah, you not have to run. Yeah, uh, to a, to a place where you can get well, a cab yeah. and stuff like that. It's uh, it's it's better. I what, and I'm not yeah. being unsympathetic. No, those, no,
0: those I don't. Displays, I mean, that's. But. I guess I would say, like, did you see? <laughs> apologize. Everything now reverts back to something that's been fictionalized from fact. But uh, I think a lot of people did watch Show Me Hero, um, which was the. Uh, it's Oscar Isaac's in it, but it's about. Um, the idea of, I mean, it's not so much gentrification, but it is a sort of relocation, the, the the sort of disbursement of the projects and all of the people who live in the projects who also don't want to not be able to ride the elevator yes. and also want a, a, a yard that they can care for mm-hmm. and have been because of the way that, that culturally they've been marginalized or socioeconomically mm-hmm. they've been marginalized. That makes it harder to have a yard. Right. How do you... You know, the answer isn't let's keep everything unsafe and keep it so that no matter who you are, if you're not this type of person in this cultural background, you're unsafe walking through the streets. Mm-hmm. How do you protect people who aren't users who get pushed out of their homes, but they weren't homes they wanted to be in well, anyway, because this, they also hated their neighborhoods. Do you know what I mean? It's a so complex problem that I have. Uh, I don't even pretend
1: to be yeah. smart enough to, to, to to understand or uh, the, these are civic problems that have also since the dawn of time been an issue about marginalization poverty and things of that nature but i will say that i i would i would guess i would guess those that live in the projects still in avenue a b and c prefer it now mm-hmm. than <laughs> 1973 1983 oh no cbgb is gone yeah that sucks <laughs> it does suck i agree with you i i uh, was lucky enough to have gone to CBGB's a couple of times, got it in under the wire when it was still there. But the neighborhood had changed even by that time and it was nicer. But uh, it's always a drag to have too many CVS's and Walgreens and and Starbucks until you need them, which is nice (laughs) until you need tampons, (laughs) then it's okay. You know what I mean? Oh, there's a 24-hour CVS? Okay, okay. great, because I got my period. Remember how I promised I
0: wasn't going to set foot in here? Uh, And I've got my extra
1: care card and I'm uh, good. This is good. And also, it's there are people working there yeah. where there there wasn't – and again, I, I am in no way insensitive to the many, many layers of issues that go right, with right. this. But if – like I said, if you if you walked that neighborhood in – and that doesn't make me a great person. That's just yeah. I happen to be born and raised in New Jersey and had relatives who lived in New York. That's the only yeah. – it doesn't make me cool that this happened. Uh-huh. It's just <laughs> – it is what it right. is. You walk Avenue A, 73, 83, 93. From ninety three on, it's a, a nicer to walk on Avenue A, B, and C. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and uh, there still are interesting things going on there. There still are uh, little pockets of community. There will always be community wherever humans are. There will be community. Right. And and it's a bummer to watch to watch architecture be be torn down and and uh, like I said, another Dwayne Reed Chase Bank going up. That yeah. that is a a drag and I agree with that architecture is important and, and the and aesthetics are important to people's lives um, but also there was decaying buildings and alleyways which were quite dangerous and rats and rats and there's still lots of rats and garbage everywhere and that has changed um, it's 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 a bummer that the Astro Place cube's not there to mm-hmm. spin and, and all these things. I understand that. And, yeah. and people being displaced. I, I understand that. But like I said, this has been going on since we eradicated the Cherokee nation or, you know, gave smallpox blankets to yeah. the Arapaho and all, all of these kind of things. This is, yeah. and all the animals that have been killed and displaced and, and, and we have cavalierly destroyed and, and nature that we have destroyed and, uh, all of that. It's, uh, those people's voices are rarely heard from mm-hmm. uh, first nation people rarely do we hear mm-hmm. from them and the, and the animals can't tell us anything and um i know that sounds maybe overly simplistic and like i said i'm not smart enough to to articulate this correctly but how did we get on
0: this topic uh i don't know but that that's what i always am just a series of tangents that um end up going it started like, from being we conscious of criticism i uh-huh. guess <laughs> that's true I guess that's true. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Uh, so, in this time that you were visiting relatives, and this, so you're were, you're were from Jersey. From, is yes, born and New raised? Jersey.
1: Uh, I was born and raised mostly in New Jersey uh, with occasional forays into Houston because my father worked for a company oh, okay. that had was headquartered in both New oh, Jersey and Houston. And yeah, Houston, Houston, I'm not Texas a huge fan. Some, yeah. Not a huge fan of Houston. Speaking of mind. cultural
0: absence, that's the of all the places in Texas, I found so many places I don't like it. And I, that I've been like, oh, this is actually like you know, so it's many okay. sort of like, oh this, is, oh, this is, who knew San Antonio? Houston, Houston. Yeah, is I mean, great. Houston, Houston great. is the only city I've been to where I've been like, I just am I not feeling anything other other than like culture, I agree. like like corporate strip malls And again of. I don't say that to be a jerk. Yeah. I say that as someone who has lived there on and off yeah. for
1: many many years. My most of my family still lives there today. My father retired there. Yeah. My sisters live there with their kids all of that. My brother still lives in New Jersey with his family. Um they quite like it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I, I am not a huge fan of Houston. Have never been a huge fan of Houston. Uh there it wasn't completely horrible. There was, you know, I enjoyed working at the River Oaks movie theater and I like Montrose and stuff like that. Yeah. The warehouse district,
0: but it wasn't for you, uh, but it wasn't right but, for me. Yeah.
1: It still isn't right for me. I don't yeah. love it. I love Austin. I like San Antonio. I yeah. like Dallas. Yeah. There's I so like many El great Paso. places there's,
0: over there. Yeah. Uh,
1: Austin in particular, as fantastic. everyone kno- who's been there knows, it's fantastic. Yeah. Houston is not quite like that. Yeah. Now had my father been headquartered in Austin, Oh, I'd be so happy. Yeah. It in San Antonio. <laughs> but it, unfortunately Houston yeah. is where, where it happened. And, um, but mostly New Jersey, and I identify as a, yeah. as a native New Jerseyan, and I have lived in New York since since about ninety five. So, uh, so th- like I said, doesn't make me cool that I walk the streets of New York. Then that's just that's where you are. Anyone work. who lives in the tri state area and had relatives, you yeah, know, can say the yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And and, um, and when you, when you were a teenager, uh, when you were in high school, did you have uh, did you feel like you had an above average awareness of what was going on in the world? Not at not all. At all?
1: None at all. What were you um, like?
0: I think I had an above average awareness of comedy.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. As I was a, a fan, and I feel a discerning one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't say okay. that to be arrogant, okay. but I feel I always had um, that's the one thing I could say for myself, that, and this is just my own opinion of me, <laughs> that I had good taste in comedy from the get go. Who'd you like? Very early on, because my older brother had George Carlin albums and Cheech and Chong albums, and my parents had Nichols and May and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, and comedy, album, Bob Newhart. Uh, so, so I feel I was exposed to good stuff, and
0: that's all very different and textured in a lot of yeah, ways.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, I was a huge fan of Bob Newhart. Nichols, I saw Tim Conway. huge yeah. t- from McHale's Navy, great, on,
0: great, great, great.
1: Uh, Carol Burnett, obviously, but SCTV came on the same time SNL did around seventy five. We we had an affi- access to an affiliate that showed SCTV from from Canada. Immediately responded to SCTV. Um, uh-huh lifelong fan of that but um, Albert Brooks yeah. from a very young age now did I have an above average idea of what was going on in the world no I actually was raised in a very conservative Republican religious household like many people just indoctrinated how many uh, into uh, siblings it. now five yeah. uh, Sumner step um, there is uh, but my father who I love dearly he's a wonderful father and a wonderful grandfather but he's wrong about 99% of things
0: many of us have uh, that situation yeah
1: uh, I love him, but he is a staunch, orthodox, both religion and and Republican. Um, He chooses to ignore the changes in the Republican Party over the years. He himself doesn't live the Fox News nonsense and stuff like that. But he is like a William F. Buckley uh, kind of guy. And it's strange coming from – he grew up uh, poor, uh, first generation in the Bronx – uh, which is not, you know, he's going to be 80. This, we're going way back. And, uh, you know, he, his parents were born in the late 1898. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a, yeah. To a younger person, this sounds crazy, what I'm saying. Yeah. But <laughs> me being 52 and my that father being 80, yeah. 80 this, these things are not unusual That's to, math. It, to That's just parents, math. you know, uh, born on his kitchen table, which was not unusual. He yeah. grew up uh, a very working class. Yeah, He was the first to get past the, past the eighth grade and managed to go to college. And for whatever reason, wanted to identify with a different kind of person i I, I, I could speculate as to why i don 't want to psychoanalyze him too too much. I love him very much yeah he 's a wonderful person. He just has chosen to to build his life since college on william f Buckley, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know why i don't know why it's it's, yeah. it's the opposite of of his parents maybe mm. because he had a difficult relationship with his father who I mean, was it can be uh, a real working class labor guy yeah and maybe he just, i don't know it, 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 but i believed everything my father said and and he's you know a big fan of the mythology of reagan and and I went to college during the Reagan Re- Revolution. I just I just would repeat anything my father said and
0: Oh so you would. So in high school you were sort of were still. I, I felt there like, was something right, I felt yeah. there
1: was something off about what he was saying, but I he seemed like the smartest guy in the world to me. Yeah. And he is very bright. Yeah. He is very bright. And he's a wonderful and he's my dad. Yeah. And my mom, when she was alive, was a quiet Democrat. My father tends to dominate,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, that I'm that always fascinated even by that because both my parents are, you mm-hmm. know, teachers and died in the wool liberals. But um, I can't even imagine the idea such of a thing. yeah. I mean, that's and I could have maybe you know slingshot in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care for this. My parents have no money at all, and they're fine with it. You uh-huh. know, and they're doing this like amazing work for humanity. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I just sort of stay in that in that place. But um, but yeah, the idea of. I'm always I'm always really intrigued and impressed by uh, particularly romantic relationships that develop into, you know, well, couplehood pregnant, or partnerships. It, it, it yeah, To just kind of <laughs> that, not. Yeah. To sort of have that. Well, they that. were boy
1: OK. They were boyfriend. They were in love. Right. Then they then they broke up and then they got together for a night and she got pregnant. Oh, it was boy. the 50s and they got yeah. married and they were a team. They they yeah. they were very good friends. They loved each other. Yeah. and They were committed to raising their children and building a better life for them. And and. I have endless respect for both of them. I don't know that they would have. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, and the thing is, is it's not like they had a lot of political discussion.
0: Right, right, right. When
1: they were younger, they were teenagers. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they were teenagers when this happened. Yeah, and over the years, my mom just always was a person who just kept her mouth shut. She avoided conflict at all.
0: Mm-hmm. cost and mm-hmm. then she
1: died young and and uh but I I knew that she did not always agree with that we have to go to church have to have to believe this ha- have to be republican I could tell she would just be quiet about mm-hmm. it she she would just opt out of these conversations mm-hmm. that's where I got that from uh that the idea where she was coming from I believe she may have been a closet atheist and I believe that she was a, a, a democrat she was a democrat but she didn't discuss it mm. now I was a very religious kid and also identified as Republican. Then I went to a religious Catholic? university, yeah, yeah, yeah. by okay. choice. And that, that's what really started undoing everything. I went to a religious university during the Reagan Revolution and I kept noticing there's so many holes in these stories. This seems so unkind. The meanest people I keep meeting identify as religious and Republican. This is not the fault of religion. Or the, probably the underpinnings of the Republican Party, which was the party of Lincoln. It is no way the Republican Party of Lincoln yeah. anymore.
0: What I, uh, in side note, I think what I, one of the things that I love about the West Wing uh, is that it was. The, the easiest way in for me to understand the idea of an old school I bless government died in the war Republicans still had to be seen through for me the lens of Aaron Sorkin it had to be like right. a liberals idealized version that, of what the what Republican West party is, would your be. dream. Wouldn't yeah. it be great if your this fantasy. was our president and if yeah. all of these
1: people's decisions if they all had a moral compass that's the West Wing. Yeah. Look at and, and that's to Aaron Sorkin he, he, in the newsroom everybody's yeah. got a moral compass who works at the news in the yeah. newsroom and,
0: and it's, like, it's he, like, Al, like the whole Jimmy Smith's Eleanor the thing was like a Republican yes. versus a Democrat, but they're kind of both great. Am both I great. right? Everybody? That's Eric Sarkin's America. <laughs> and wouldn't it be great? God, it'd be
1: so great. And, and God bless them for it. And I say, yeah. as an atheist, I say, God bless them for yeah. it. His I, know. Like, I but, use that all the time. Uh, I just, it's just something I yeah. say, but, uh, the Aaron, Aaron Sorkin uh, built characters with a moral compass and a strong center who make decisions where the stakes are very high. Yeah, and it can be something that's great to watch and something that's hard to watch. Mm, agreed, um, agreed, agreed. But I think he's wonderful. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I'm I'm thrilled that there is such an intelligent person who gives the audience the benefit of the doubt and writes to the best in us. You know. Mm,
0: mm, mm-hmm. um,
1: now, unfortunately, so that get- is not the way media and government works. They're right. human. They're fallible. And for, for, for a great many of people who get into politics and, and media, it's for the wrong reasons. The good ones leave it because they can't take it. And they, and I mean, they work for nonprofits. And, you yeah. know what I mean? Those that don't care as much tend to stay in for the long game. Not always. You're right. Not always. There's, there's lifelong committed people who've been in politics for years, I believe, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton to be just two examples. I am mm-hmm. a fan of Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a fan of Bernie Sanders. And either one I will support. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would be so important for a female to 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 be uh, president after uh, an African American. I think couldn't it's very important. But also more. Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And also we are all socialists. That's not a dirty word. And I hate seeing... The, the stupidity of that. Have you ever been on a road? You're a socialist. <laughs>
0: have,
1: you, have, you dre- have you been to an airport? You're a socialist. Yeah. Have you been to public school? You're a socialist. Yeah. A library. Have you, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's socialism. We are socialists. Yeah. We have always been socialists and then we really became it with the New Deal with, with Roosevelt and, and Republicans hate that. They would love to roll back the clock to right before the New Deal if they could. Actually, they'd love to go back further if they yeah. could, but they cannot stand social safety nets and things of that nature. Uh, their fears and anxieties and their just innate cruelty and lack of empathy makes it so. But, um, and then also then they have the, you know, there's the cynics and the suckers. The cynics are the ones lying like the Ted Cruz's to the suckers. Uh, and because they have no respect for them, you can't respect... Your constituents and lie to them. Mm. Their constituents actually—they're being quite honest. Republicans, when they say I, work, I serve my constituents, who are those—the lobbyists and the corporate funders—that's actually true. They, yeah, they would never admit to that, but they do serve their constituents very well. That the one percent right. on the Republican side, some Democrats too, but for the most part, Democrats don't get that much money because it's—it's it's not as helpful yeah. uh, to them. You know, Republicans really are the ones that really are the party of of corporate constituency. And I say that because evidence supports it not to be provocative, <laughs>
0: yeah, well, no, it's interesting in a in a bubble like and, and then I do want to uh, get back to you and your experience um kind of waking up, I guess, if you want to put it that way oh, in college, um yeah. in college, but it's interesting in these microcosmic environments like San Francisco, where it's a it's a deeply liberal community. now I can't speak to local politics right now because I don't live here anymore, but when I was living here um Just the idea that two liberal Democrats or an African-American Democrat like Willie Brown, who was mayor... Mm He was the he was our Republican, right? So everyone who objected to his being in the pocket of big businesses, you know, that's sort of mm-hmm. this like little bubble version of oh well, in in within the United States, he would probably just be our Republican president because mm-hmm. that's kind of the relationship that that his constituents had to him if they objected to something about him, which many people said he was like the shadiest, you know, mm-hmm. slick Willie or whatever we called him. Right. But it's just interesting to see these tiny versions where you go. Like almost like a small country somewhere else that can afford to be that, like Sweden or or, mm-hmm. or Denmark or something where you sort of go, oh, wow. So even within, with within this, we see these varied layers of, you know, this person might be, you know a fan of this community and trying to help them, but they're also accepting more money mm-hmm. than somebody else, you know, right. even though that they're ostensibly liberal and stuff. And people say that about Obama, right? Or they say, when well, we talk Obama about right to a Republican Republican, yeah. an old school Republican, he go. was never, first of all, it's a very good thing to be liberal. It's not a dirty word.
1: We should all be very proud if we are liberal. It's something to be proud of. Without liberals, we have nothing. Yeah, honestly. Uh, and all the, the freedoms and the, and the progress and the evolution and raising of collective consciousness, we enjoy mostly yeah. since the 1960s. I think the 60s are a very vitally important decade, nearly 70s, uh, are all brought to you by liberals and liberal thought. And, and uh, pro- I, I feel, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, a lot of people who are right wingers take for granted all, all, all kinds of things. I think that they should really walk the walk if they don't want government, you know, they're big government nonsense. They, they don't know what they're talking about, yeah, but you know what? Next time a hurricane hits or whatever, don't you take that, don't you take that aid, right. you know what I mean, from the government or whatever. And, or just the nonsense of Sarah Palin blaming President Obama for her son's PTSD. Now, first of all, she thought Saddam Hussein was behind Iraq. That's when she was John McCain's running mate. That's how, that's how ignorant she is. Yeah. Didn't Your own son is being sent off to a place. You don't do your homework to find out. Anything about the conflict, you just take it face value that Saddam Hussein, who had nothing to do with 9 11. Right. Nothing to do with 9 right. 11. And now your own son is going over to fight for oil companies, right? Now she doesn't even know this. She doesn't care to know this. Right. Now she's all concerned, right? Uh, because her son has PTSD and now it's Obama's fault. D- 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 there's no way to get the logic of that. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to blame a president, hey, yeah. d- Dick Cheney, you could blame. Yeah. Uh, these people that she loves and idolizes. But, but first of all, she. You would think she, as a mother, she would have cared more. Now, why is my son going? Is this true? What Am I being told what is true? She doesn't care. And also, she doesn't like big government. So she doesn't want – why would she want the government interfering with her son's uh, psychological health? You know, by her own account, she feels a personal responsibility to take care of these things. This yeah. is not a nanny state. She she would then say. You know yeah, what I mean? The, yeah. Let's leave it to our faith and our family to take care of my yeah. son. But I digress. No, it's, exo- it's, it's, it's it worthless so to discuss incongruous, Sarah Palin and, yeah. and Donald Trump. Actually, it's worthless to discuss them. Yeah. and I hate that the mainstream media spends so much time on these the polls that mean the, nothing and yeah. the spectacle, and uh, you know, showing clips of Glenn Beck saying something uh, and being and and being completely ignorant. Uh, it's it's like saying, oh, this isn't this. National Enquirer story, you might as well hold up the National Enquirer yeah. and read from it if you're going to talk about Glenn Beck or Sarah Palin or yeah. Donald Trump or Ted Cruz. Really, yeah. it's the same thing. Getting back to Barack Obama, who I think, is, is, is a very bright guy and could have been a great president. And I think he was a good president. He, unfortunately, was too conciliatory, too frightened of criticism. Uh, I don't know why he was never going to be accepted by the right wing and by the racist Tea Party and that's really what is the fuel that moves that engine. They are not deficit hawks. They are not fiscal conservatives. They are straight up racist and <laughs> that's what fueled the Tea Party. They can they can tart it up any way they like, right? Uh maybe there's four that we could say <laughs> where are somehow somewhere in there yeah. concerned about big government where they were during the Bush administration I have no idea but nothing like a black guy who isn't even that black to, to tell you the truth mm-hmm. he's also a white guy
0: mm-hmm. you know yeah
1: so if you want to see it that way I don't know why biracial people are always called black you know you could just as easily say he's white right it's one you know it's half and half you know right, it's right. one or the other but uh, and neither is good or bad i'm just saying mm-hmm. i don't know why we always do that we always called biracial people.
0: Well, I think on the... It seems to me that on the side of wanting to promote... You know, being able to promote mixed races or being able to promote minority races, if you will, or certainly marginalized, which are almost not the minority, which I mean, are absolutely not. Yeah, yeah it's such a, minority, a it's a that's a silly term to use. Politics. Like I can't, you know, yeah. But to, it seems like on the side of isn't it wonderful we have a black president? That's why it gets used. And then yeah. on the opposite side, isn't it horrible we have a black president? Like it sort of becomes. Well, I'm saying even in life, people out, yeah. out of the
1: spotlight, people in our peer groups who are yeah. biracial, uh, they, they're usually referred to as black. Right. If they're if they're black and white, They or have whatever you want to say, yeah. Um, or or, uh, but Asian and white. Whatever it's usually called, Asian or black and Asian, which is called Asian sometimes. <laughs> but it's uh, you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. it's rarely just called white. I don't know why that is.
0: I guess I I guess I just I I th- I remain hopeful that it is because it I feel like it's somehow, the underpinnings of race. I feel like there's underpinnings, of yeah. legacy left over of
1: of condemnation i feel yeah. like i don't think i don't but think if I it started off in a yeah. good way to call a biracial person well it used to be mulatto and octoroon and stuff like well, that or high yellow good. right now right, that's right, right. that's over hopefully
0: but if i say someone is a mixed race or i mean i guess i don't i'm not saying this is a, a bad thing. i mean it's yeah yeah no but i mean it's hard because first of all like Oh God, we could talk for a million years, you and me. But um, this, this, first of all, the problem is that you know because we're a visual animal, and mm-hmm. because we also um, feel safer when we classify things. Right. If you see somebody who is part Japanese and part American, and you yourself are an American, you will look at that person and say, "Okay, that person has difficult, different difficult, difficult. Sometimes uh, different physical characteristics than I do. So what I lean into is I recognize that you are not. You don't seem to be a hundred percent white." To- so I will associate see you Asian. with being Asian, mm-hmm. and and that for for some for some people that's a good thing in terms of saying like look we're we're there that we're more mixed race. There's oh, more no, no you know is. what I mean. I wasn't yeah, critical. but I also agree with you that on the flip side it's also used in a completely racist way. It's used so for racist purposes too. Yeah. like I said, I think it's
1: important to say we have a black president. Yeah, um, it is used for ill on the right. Right, but uh, I think it's important, and I think it's important as I said earlier to have a female president Uh, now we should have already had these things and we could have the mainstream media tells us we weren't ready that's (laughs) bullshit mainstream media is so far behind the curve where the where the majority of people are but you know they have the megaphone so there it is but um, by 20 what is it 2025 in a lot of places white will be the minority which I think is good for politics Mm. and by 2042 I think white will be the minority everywhere which I think is only to the good of the political landscape right. because right. whites have had a lock on it for so very long that that these things need to change. And yeah. and, uh, and and I think it's all to the good. Now, having said that, there's, a, there's, a, there's always right-wing people of color like Ben Carson and, and right-wing females. Now, I don't understand them. I don't understand them. I don't understand people of color and females that are in the right wing. Uh, I is it, I don't know if it's Stockholm Syndrome. I don't know if there's, again a neurological problem or for the ones that are at the professional level, there's money it I do know that mm. it pays. It pays to be a female or a person of color on the right wing because they use you as mm. a tool and they pay you for it. Mm. So other than that, if it's not monetary, I don't understand wh- what's going on there. Right. Um, and even though it's monetary, I still think it's shameful. You know, I, I don't know why you have, racists of color and and misogynists who are female but you do
0: i mean ultimately i think the answer probably is as simple as like where does that fear live inside each person and if it's you know because you I have you have certain, to their yeah, something certain, happened yeah something happened I, I to make it that very
1: possible that way you don't come by that without something yeah. having gone on yeah nature and nurture uh, to make you a sellout yeah. to to yourself and to people that you're the party you're representing has well, no respect yeah. for. Yeah, and
0: I'm interested in. I mean, I guess I'm interested in. Um, I, I guess I'm interested in when I I worked for the Huffington Post. Um, for their they have a channel that's HuffPost Live, and I worked there. Um, and I did. Uh, I've, I'm fascinated by. And to say I don't self educate all the time with in terms of world religion and stuff, but I'm very interested. Um, in people who stay inside of a system that I feel is deeply flawed mm-hmm. on a, on a sort of a humanitarian level who um, feel that there are certain tenants within that, that they feel passionately about enough that they are willing to fight from the inside. I'm not that person. I, I mean, I guess I am in the sense that I haven't moved out of America, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't have ever believed in God enough to say I'm going to be the person who says I'm a feminist Mormon, and I believe that women should have the priesthood, and I believe and there are this, feminist and this. And there are, there absolutely are. One of them was on that segment that I did, mm-hmm. um, and you know, people, people inside of any culture, any it, it people, women, you know, women in the Muslim culture, people who are trying to advance human rights um, mm-hmm. within. Constructs that don't necessarily traditionally allow for those things. I think it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, are the people we're talking about on the right wing necessarily those voices? No, no. we're not talking about people some who are saying, to be. "Hey, I'm gonna," to be. you know, I feel I'm a fiscal Republican, I'm a fiscal conservative, right. and I'm fighting for a woman's right to choose. That's
1: yeah. that's that's a new here. Republicans are not fiscally conservative, so that that argument holds no water anymore. Nobody yeah. spends more money than Republican administrations. That it's also borne out by evidence. That's not me. Yeah, just shooting my mouth off that
0: believe me where they, where they the money, money no goes is very different they than in no way save yeah.
1: you money yeah the republicans so but i don't understand log cabin republicans i don't understand uh, lgbtq republicans uh maybe they're under, maybe some of them have money they don't want to pay their taxes that maybe it's just greed i don't know but i don't understand it i i i i could speculate again I, yeah. I don't know but uh i since i don't have religion anymore and um, I am willing to have a God again or whatever. I just need proof. And again, I don't say that to be surly. I mean that sincerely. Mm-hmm. There is no proof whatsoever that there has ever been a deity or a higher power. Now, I do respect why, some, why people need it, mm-hmm. especially people whose lives are very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. So I in no way want to be glib about this. There are some people whose lives are so very difficult that their comfort and their Emotional stability relies upon this idea of a higher entity and and their life being better in another right. time right you know after they pass and that they will once again see their children or what what have you and I, and, and it actually gets me emotional to say me this too. because i don't want anyone to think i'm glib about these right. things um, now if that that that's fine i don't want to i don't want to ever appear to to be arrogant about that. Now, for me, just for me, I don't have a God anymore because it doesn't make sense to me. And I also can't believe that there is a, a God in a world that allows... So much suffering, and I don't accept easy tropes like mysterious ways. There's and, a reason, and yeah. there's reasons
0: for everything. You cannot give me a reason for, for that suffering kind of cruelty. That would have so to be, many yeah. people. That's what my. Animals. That's how my dad was. My dad was like, yeah. I'm I a secular humanist, and mm-hmm. the reason is that I've seen too many of my friends, the best people in the world, die of cancer in a horrible way. Oh, not They've even left friends. It's people I, I don't, don't know. It doesn't to yeah. anybody I know. Cancer is yeah. so
1: one of those things. And, I, and again, I don't. You know, one out of three people gets cancer. Yeah. <laughs> don't it even ask why me. Why anybody? Right. That's weird when people say why me? Because yeah. it's almost why not anybody? you? Why not <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, you know, yeah. cancer is what it is. Yeah. What it is, it, it'll get you. You live long enough, it'll get you. Yeah. Um, and uh, most people have relatives or friends that have had cancer and uh, have either beaten it or or passed. Yeah. it. That's just. It's like jury duty. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, it's so. I'm talking about. Uh, people I've never met and well, stuff sure, like that that, sure, that sure. You, you know about the suffering. Animals abandoned, abused, right. uh, nature abused, all these things. W- would a deity allow this to happen? I don't know. I guess maybe. And then my father and I, when we get into it, will say, well, what's first cause? How do we get here? Uh, uh, I don't know. Just because I can't explain it fully doesn't mean it's supernatural. Right. Now, there was a big bang. I know that 14 billion years ago. My theory on that, just mine, mm-hmm. is uh the explosion that caused the Big Bang was us immolating in a, in a series of go rounds that we have. Whether it be humans on Earth mm-hmm. or whatever whatever was before us could have been just like us, mm-hmm. and it was just that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. They were on this Earth for millions and millions of years. We start again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was the explosion that caused the Big Bang. T-Quill Zero, I guess, what 14 billion years ago. And it took us... And then how can you explain the perfection of evolution?
0: It was millions and millions of years. Well, yeah, it was that's a lot of missteps, so, that's, If you want you know? to piss off a scientist, say, how do you explain the beauty of can, You know, the, I, pres- the precision of evolution. you are like, hey, Millions of ah, years. Like, steam will just come coming it, out of there. It's yeah. just...
1: It's, you know, science is quite comforting. And it's very fascinating. Nothing yeah. is more interesting than the truth, right? So science is is to me more fascinating than a god more comforting than a god yeah also uh, i'm i don't need to have an afterlife either there will or there won't be one it'll be just like my pre-life i don't know anything about it yeah Uh, don't plan on it (laughs) you know what i mean do you remember the time before you were born no it's going to be just like that after you die you won't miss it i don't think there's your pre-sentient your sentient your post-sentient and again i don't say that glibly right uh now if there is an afterlife good great I hope there is. You know, right. what I mean, for for people who have cared
0: about yeah, about that, I want it.
1: Fine. Right. Uh, I don't want the right wingers to have their punishing God and the smiting. Yeah. No. They I'm deserve not nothing. these people deserve yeah. nothing. I'm not. I I I think Buddhism is wonderful, but I don't believe in bathing your enemy in a white light and wishing them well. How will they learn? Fuck them. You know what I mean? You know, <laughs> the people the people that I see cheering yeah. at a Trump rally, fuck them. Yeah. Uh, and those that that want to ban Muslims and deface mosques and uh, and 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 want to kill abortion doctors and all of that fuck them right uh they deserve no respect from a buddhist you know what i mean right who deserves respect is the buddhist or people fighting for your civil rights fighting and feminism just means you believe in equality it's human rights that's feminism so when people deny feminism i've no tolerance for that either right so you don't believe in equality you don't believe in human rights then (laughs) <laughs> then you're an idiot. I mean, I don't know what to say to you. You know, I, you're yeah. saying you don't. Yeah, I, I think you. Or when somebody brings up these tired things, oh, feminine men hating. What year is this? Right. What, what Rush Limbaugh podcast have you listened to? Right. Who are you? You're a young person. Don't say stupid shit like that. Yeah. I'm getting very angry now, unfortunately. But I'm, <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. But I,
1: I, when 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 I think about. Those that deserve respect and those that don't. We all don't deserve respect, myself included. We deserve respect when we earn it. Mm. You know, like when people say, with all due respect, Dick Cheney, none do. Right. None do. Right. Rachel Maddow, stop pandering. I love Rachel Maddow. Stop thanking these war criminals for being yeah. on your show so profusely. Yeah. And then, like at a lot of networks, they'll say, well, if we don't, we won't get them back. I don't give a shit. I don't need to see a war criminal. How about we have somebody who's fighting for justice? How about we have, you know, when the late Howard Zinn, when he was alive, how about him on? Mm-hmm. Stop kissing Colin Powell's ass. Mm-hmm. I know he's sorry. Yeah. You know? He should be sorry for covering up the melee massacre back. Then. You know, he's always been a company man. Right. I do feel sorry for him. I think he is having a crisis of conscience in later life. And I do believe the Colin Powell thought he was doing the right thing. He wasn't, but I th- I yeah. think he was. Yeah. Uh, he has is, he is paid heavily for that, I think, conscious, his conscience, and also treated like dirt by the Bush administration who used him for ill. Yeah. But he should have helped us out during that live press conference when he was lying about the weapons of mass destruction he knew he was lying and I don't think Rachel and Jon Stewart for that matter should have thanked them so heartily for being on their shows
0: it's hard man it's hard because I understand I mean if it's as if it's as simple as you know oh we wouldn't be able to have them back or whatever I, I, it's, it's, it's tricky because again I feel like I'm I'm trying to think if I had an experience like that. Well, in, you probably have if you work for Huffington yeah. Post. Yeah, I mean, so. I didn't work there that long, but I'm trying to think if there was a situation in which I thought this person knew they were coming into an environment in which the majority of people watching already disagreed with what you did. Mm-hmm. And, and is this giving us an opportunity to hear you nope. have a voice? No! Or
1: <laughs> I'm stopping you right there. As a person who has worked in yeah. as a
0: fan of yeah. watching
1: uh, media and yeah. news and stuff, no. Who cares if they're coming into now? If, if they're coming in and they are a liar, if yes, if and I'm saying if if if, for example, you're talking about a person who's coming in who is representing a side who is willfully di- uh, misleading, right, 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 and the majority of people disagree. Good, they're supposed to, right? Do you need to have them on? No, right, right, Let's right. Li- they're they got enough shows to be on. They no, got that's enough true. platforms. How about we have voices we don't hear all the time who are who are with. The citizens mm-hmm. who are good citizens who are fighting for justice. This is this conundrum. I don't understand why people confuse. And I would fight fight this at Air America at, from the producers, and they would say, "No, you got to have two sides." Well, first of all, there's not two sides to every story. A lot of stories, yes. Not all of them. Uh, there's one liar here. Mm-hmm. That's not a side to a story. There's one uh, homophobe here. That's not a side to a story. Mm-hmm. There's one racist here. That's not a side to a story. Yeah. Okay. I don't need to have him on my show. These people have more than enough outlets to lie.
0: Well, I hear what you're saying. Um,
1: so it's, it's – but it's a, it's a function of, 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 of a paradigm that's flawed and an antiquated way of thinking. It doesn't make for good news to have people fighting,
0: mm-hmm. especially
1: when one's lying. Mm-hmm. Waste our time. We learn nothing. Yeah. And why do we need to hear from this person who – you know, we're saying, well, let, let's hear – and sometimes Bill Maher will do this. Oh, sorry for beating up on you, guy. I was going to ask Ranch you about Priebus, that. Who's right. lying. Don't right. apologize for beating up on this guy. Right. Do you know the crimes he commits on a daily basis? Cultural crimes? Yeah. Um, and sometimes Bill Maher, who I, I, I like a great deal, but sometimes he will even, I think just to be a contrarian, just to be a contrarian, take, take the side of a Rance Priebus. I don't know why he does it. I think sometimes he's feeling surly. Maybe mm-hmm. he's peckish, he's hungry. I don't know what it is. He's tired of <laughs> taping the show. And he just does it, I think, to yeah. wind people up. Yeah, But uh, there's no need to to pander to some of these liars. Now, luckily on Bill Maher, hopefully there's always somebody that's going to check him. Right. And that happens sometimes. But then sometimes you'll see him get away with murder. Uh, like that Nicole... Uh, What's-her-face? said? Uh, there was the the movie with uh, Woody Harrelson playing and... Uh, and uh, Ed Harris playing John McCain and and uh, Julianne Moore playing Sarah Palin. Oh
0: yeah, HBO movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it was written by that woman Nicole mm-hmm. Mill. Well, not Nicole Millett. Uh She's Millet on Kendrick. Bill Maher. Like, she, yeah. she. But it was. Uh, she. She's a lying. She is a lying. Sacco shite mm-hmm. now first of all she helped stop the recount with katherine harris she used to work in florida she is been a duplicitous and the way she wrote her character in the movie that julian moore who did a wonderful job and i think uh i do have a lot of compassion for the early version of sarah palin thrown into that mess mm-hmm. not her fault she was just being herself it's like the kardashians don't pick on them they're just being themselves yeah uh, if you're watching it and you're criticizing it that's your fault right They're just – they'd be like that anyway. Cameras or no cameras. Mm. Leave them alone. They're just existing. Yeah, And the same thing with Sarah Palin in the beginning before she became intoxicated with this nonsense. But uh, she was thrown into this circus as an ignorant um, person who was not particularly well-educated and was also just a – had no wish to be. And I'm saying emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. too. That's not her fault and I do feel that – Probably left her own devices. She would have done a better job if they had stopped micromanaging her. I think she had some fair points to that. Having said that, I despise what she stands for. Yeah. So let's walk away from that. But <laughs> the, Nicole, the woman Nicole, because she's on Bill Maher a lot, and also she, she, she really galls me in that she painted herself as a hero in that whole debacle. But then also she went on Bill Maher to a, a, a couple of times to talk about Democratic voter fraud. Now, what they are excellent at, the right wingers, is accusing the other of doing what they're doing so that you don't see what they're doing. Mm. And that's a good tell, though. When, when you hear Ann Coulter or, or Rance Priebus or some of these hacks accuse the Democrats of doing something, you know that's what they're doing. And also here's another tell for Ann Coulter when she's about to lie. She'll say, in point of fact—
0: uh, gives her a second
1: uh, like when somebody uh, calls her out on something she'll yeah. say in point and she'll pause and she'll say in point of fact and then she thinks of her next lie
0: but mm-hmm.
1: this Nicole why can't then I think I of her start name using that. she's blonde and a lot of these are probably uh, uh, females who go on sit in the middle and they have sleeveless red dresses on I don't know why hmm. power um, it's a power color or like uh, that um, <laughs> Cece Cups mm-hmm. who is a I think a performance artist I think she's a, she knows she's lying she mm. seems much brighter than that but there's money in it for what she does mm-hmm. you know But uh, and Kennedy, they they do it for money.
0: It's interesting, and also they they're
1: they're kind of, uh, kind of cruel, kind of cruel, kind of.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there has to be a detachment. There's a detachment that happens at a certain point. But but they also are smarter than they're right. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But
1: this Nicole woman, and this will be the last I'll say of it. uh, She particularly galls me because she is one of the people instrumental in helping illegally install George Bush the first time, which has led to so many deaths and murders and so much problems that it really isn't something you should take lightly. But she was right in on the ground floor of the voter fraud and helping it along, her and her husband both. And her husband is portrayed very heroically in this TV movie too, (laughs) this HBO movie. Was it called Recount or something? (laughs)
0: I, well, recount was, was its oh, own Re-Kan thing. Oh, was another thing
1: where they soft-pedaled the whole thing. Right, right. This one was the one with Woody Harrelson Yeah, it I absolutely on HBO, watched maybe? it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's, I'm pretty sure it was... Can you look that yeah, up? You yeah. must have the technology person. Yeah, I don't want... Person. I for have sure... a bit of a Google.
1: I for sure will have a bit of a Google here. But it was about the McCain... And they made... Uh, Ed Harris portrayed McCain very heroically. Now, 2000 John McCain is... Is a nice guy. The one that they were portraying back in the Palin days was not so nice. In fact, he curried favored with the worst elements of the Republican Party to try and get elected. Yeah, which that was, was a, a bummer. He should
0: have just remained who he was. That was a bummer for me, too. People used I to remember, like him. But yeah Yeah, I'm from Arizona, and he's. He seemed like a great yeah, guy and yeah. a funny guy. Absolutely. And uh, any, game change. Game change. That's game the one. Change. Written by Nicole. Written by No One Cares on Google. It's everything is only about Julianne Moore. Oh my gosh. They don't say Nicole. let find. I'm if, sure if I search her when name, somebody's listening up.
1: to this, they're going to be shouting the name. I
0: know that's that. I don't want to exaggerate, but that is a worse thing about <laughs> about uh, podcasts is when we don't know something. But you got It's still not coming you up. Must just be able should, to find it. I can. I definitely can. I'm just surprised that it, the it's writer me, is so unimportant that Nicole when you Google Miller, something,
1: that comic actress, I think. I think it's
0: close to that. Um, from Mad TV <laughs> writers, Danny Strong. None of those people. Well, she wrote, wrote Game the book. Bu- oh, she wrote. wrote yeah, she the wrote original thing. Not right, the... right, 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 right. And Sarah Paulson
1: played her in the movie. Now, maybe if you look up Sarah. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll I'll look at the cast.
0: You can edit down I'm this wait time, that. right? No, I won't though. <laughs> but uh... um. Yeah, so I'm pulling my hair out, and I don't want to drop it on your carpet. I have to oh, save listen, it, it's really or fine. you could
1: frame me for a murder if you want to. It
0: <laughs> I murder. think I am looking for this whole thing is actually a long con for me to get a sample of your DNA. Yeah, so well, here's a bunch of it because my hair. Anytime I touch my hair, a bunch falls out. Please find the name. I'm finding. Please. I'm finding. I promise. All cast and crew. This is a play-by-play. Sarah Paulson. Nicole Wallace. Nicole Wallace. Nicole Wallace, Nicole Wallace a liar. Yes. And a, a huge
1: oh. part of the reason that, that George Bush was with us illegally twice, who talked about, and she would say, hey, Democrats, vote early and often. That mm-hmm. was her catchphrase. Mm-hmm. This, this from a person who knew, A, that voter fraud is not from the Democratic side. Right. And that she was instrumental in pulling that con isn't that something <sighs> like I don't understand and then your character is played so heroically in the TV movie mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. uh, that's why I'm called and that has nothing
0: to do with her gender mm-hmm. uh, that is I, I, but as you said before it doesn't help that it's you know not oh there's uh, there's male, no but... end of male right evil doers
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, is in this case it happens to be female yeah, like, yeah. wish well, it wasn't yeah well, she I don't wasn't. understand that yeah. you know you, you expect more from the ladies yeah and, uh, and when they disappoint you, it's, it's a bummer. It's a it, deeper disappointment. It's like it? when it hurts when you hear about David Mamet becoming a right winger or the late Ron Silver becoming – and when Dennis Miller turned into a right winger, it hurts you. Yeah. You expect more from these people. And you want – okay, something had to go wrong. Now, Dennis, in Dennis Miller's case, again, I can speculate. I think it's, he always had this mean streak in him. And then after 9-11, there's a way to let it out. A lot of people did that. Oh, here's an excuse. I really am kind of a son of a bitch and a misanthrope. But I'm going to pretend <laughs> – oh, no. I'm going to pretend right. it's political. Now that's what a lot of Republicans do. They 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 take their misanthropy and their fears and they wrap it in the flag and hide it behind the Bible. And but really it's just straight up misanthropy that they don't quite know what to do with it and it's it's convenient.
0: L- to, let me ask you this Let me ask you this Because I uh, 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 We should get off point, this I know I'm going to run out I'm of time i <laughs> myself <laughs> I knew that there was a chance That this might happen Because I, I am No, no, no There's always a chance you, This but, might happen um, Don't worry It'll get extremely shallow Very soon uh, But I do want to ask you When Okay Let me Let me cover some territory That I want to cover Because I know That there are people Who have this interest Above and beyond myself Which is I know that you had uh, I was going to say Crisis of faith When you were in um college that's sounds very important um but when so when you were in high school tr- when you were in high school you felt you had a personal relationship with god
1: yes and i was in cyo catholic youth organization catholic on youth my organization. desk on my blotter it said in magic marker my best friend is jesus christ because at cyo they would say that it was just ridiculous following yeah now like i said discerning taste in comedy yeah and i was not as close-minded and Petty, right. I think, as some of my fellow yeah. religious conservatives. What
0: were you, uh.
1: I didn't love sports. I didn't. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I was frightened of the jocks, but I didn't revere them. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That kind of thing. Although I did, uh. As a freshman, go along with it, and then by sophomore year, I was like, "No, I'm not going to football game." Right, right, right. You know what I mean, like, I yeah. I don't see why we're. Did you have a, the
0: the comedy that you were into could potentially tie into um a, like a certain type of music? Or it a absolutely certain vibe does, and it did. Do comedy and to music, talking heads and the late like, Howard Zinn. Yeah,
1: uh, all three yeah. Yeah. came together in a perfect soup uh-huh. of change. Uh, somebody turned me on to Howard Zinn in college. Mm-hmm. I also discovered what I guess you would, used to be called college radio mm-hmm. left of the sure, dial. Sure. Uh, I went to province college, the station I had access to was Brown University's WBRU, and also WFNX out of Boston, which was playing every, what was called college radio mm-hmm. now alternative or in, then alternative, now indie, whatever. Yeah. 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 So I had access to all this non-mainstream music and also Boston and Rhode Island are great live music towns. Mm-hmm. And there was no end of venues. And also then 18 plus, uh, to go see bands for a dollar, like Train, The Replacements, on Dollar Name. This right. was back in the 80s. And, right. um, see all the Athens, Georgia bands. All They, they all came through Boston and, and Rhode Island. Yeah. So I spent a great deal of time going to live music that I would hear on the radio, like, I love this band. Mm-hmm. And you meet people there. So a combination of my love of comedy and also knew I wanted to do stand-up going into college. I didn't start doing it to my junior year because I was scared. But... Um, I would go watch Mm
0: -hmm. stand-up.
1: Now, there was tons of hacks, unfortunately. There always was, always will be. But there was also these people in there who were doing different things. But mostly, it was live music and meeting people there and in Boston who were into the music and also people who were like-minded about comedy Mm -hmm. um, that I found common cause with and then also discovered Howard Zinn and Noam Chomsky from some of these people. And, uh,
0: so was there ever change happened? Was there a, was there a, it sounds like you, boy, I'm really making a lot of assumptions here, but it almost sounds like you, whereas you could have had the experience of kind of realizing that you were not a, you know, religious Republican kid. Um, and then sort of what, I learned it the hard way too.
1: believe me. I, I learned that the hard way by, by condemnation from, from those who, who, who quite rightly accused me of being full of shit. <laughs> now, unfortunately I didn't know that I was full uh-huh. of shit. I shouldn't have shot my mouth off. And it, there were moments that were quite embarrassing for me. And they mostly came from friends of mine at Wheaton college, which was a very progressive, a mm. much brighter kind of kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And two of my very best high school friends went to Wheaton. So I was always going to visit them. It was very close drive. Yeah, And they had a very different campus, a very different take on things. And, their friends didn't like me very much because I was just a very provincial. You know, what I mean, just I just was wrong mm-hmm. about a lot of stuff, and I was very vocal about mm-hmm. it. Uh, so very quickly, they course corrected me, mm. and they were right. Now it hurt my feelings terribly, but I knew deep down they
0: were right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, even though sometimes, and they they. Well, it's interesting though, this idea of you they really having didn't like you me. you still feel like even then before you were. Even then before you were That you had the The opinions you have And I'm not to say that Suddenly your opinions Well some are opinions And some are just uh, Evidence shows you that These things are to be true But at the time So but you It sounds like you always Were outspoken like it or not That was just something Yes and no That happened for you Yes and no
1: It's not It's not outspoken Because that's a strange word for me I uh, Now I am not a person That people would remember Very well from school You Mm -hmm. know I'm not Wasn't the class clown Mm -hmm. Even though somehow I won class clown Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I, I don't know why. That's weird. I think it's just because the small group of voters knew about my obsession with Bill Murray and, uh-huh. and SCT. I think that's what they were interpreting as class clown. But it yeah. wasn't. You weren't Chief like, get I think me, I think because I was always talking about Certain comedians and, and comedy shows and comedy movies that I loved, and yeah. I think that's why I wanted. You loved comedy. I they loved got comedy, it. Yeah. and I think that's it was a why, special reward yeah. they gave you for loving comedy I think it's so like, much. Let's give it to mm, this girl. She's the only one who nerds she talk, out on comics. Yeah, funny. Outspoken to me, it almost sometimes, it, it says something that's like opinionated. It's not a nice thing when people say it about you. When people say outspoken, sometimes or opinionated. It's, they mean you're a, you're a demagogue or bullying and stuff like right, that. Now, right. I realize I speak in strident tones and stuff. I don't, I don't like bullies. I don't mean to be one. Now, when I say certain things, I say them and get upset about it because I feel it's so, so unjust. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was saying things that my father had said, it was almost like I was trying to defend my father mm-hmm. in these groups of people mm-hmm. that were thinking differently. Mm-hmm. Almost a, as a strange, like, they're criticizing him. Right. So was it outspoken? I don't know. It was just me asserting these ideas that had been drilled into my head from my church and mm-hmm. my and my environment and my and my father, who who I love very much. And mm-hmm. and I almost felt like I'm defending Carmine. You know, what I mean, like I, yeah. I'm defending. He's so nice. Yeah, you I know did. what I mean. And they they don't see it from there. How could they? You right. know these and these these young girls from Wheaton who were all fired up. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. were bright and they were. Um, intoxicated in that way that you are intoxicated with their freedom but being on campus now and a campus that supports them. Maybe they were the oddball in their high school. Yeah. I wasn't. I just kept my head down. I was kind of an overweight schlub in high school who I had a wonderful time, not in Houston, but in, in New Jersey I did because I'd had the same friends since kindergarten. I was not bullied. I was bullied in college because I was just, um, it, I don't know why because it was a, a nasty campus, I guess, because it was just a Reagan Revolution campus and I was uh, uh, an overweight, Girl that seemed odd, mm. um, and I had a, ter- a terrible time. But I had a—I was not bullied, and also, it's just garden variety bullying. Everybody goes through it. I just didn't expect it in college. Mm-hmm. I thought you, I would have gotten that yeah. over with. Well,
0: that makes sense. But you know,
1: I got it. I got it at Providence College because it just wasn't a very nice place to be. Um, although having said that, some of my closest friends today are friends I met my first day at Providence College, Mary Beth Bowler being one of them. Met her my first day. She lives a street away from me in New York. That's She's great. still one of my dearest friends. Yeah. So in that score, I'm very glad I went to Providence College because yeah. of Mary Beth Bowler.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was now Caroline go.
1: Kennedy's personal chef.
0: Oh, well, there right you go. in Japan. Thank you for She's
1: wonderful. But I could have done without the rest of it. Yeah. But I don't think I would have come to uh, where I am without that backdrop mm-hmm. and those wonderful women from Wheaton College who quite rightly at the time it hurt me but they were right yeah. and they did not put up with any of my provincial nonsense and they gave me facts and sources and education and information and books to read yeah. and that changed my life and I luckily was open to it. Mm-hmm. I was able to receive this message as as, as hopefully people are you either hear Left of the Dial music or you don't. You either hear um, Elizabeth Warren or you don't. You either, you either uh, understand and care about Howard Zinn or you don't. And, and, and Sojourner Truth and Shirley Chisholm and Dr. Cornel West and all these people. You either hear them and, you, and hear the type of music that I think goes with them and see the type of comedy that I think goes with them. And if you're lucky, you go that route. Way. I really mean that. I, I feel that I am so thankful mm. that I could hear it and that I could accept what these wonderful women, as harsh as it was and as embarrassing as it was, and I knew they didn't like me. And they never did like me, even when I tried mm-hmm. to, to win them over. They never did. Yeah. I, never, I never won them over. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's okay. I yeah. gained so much. Yeah. And, and I needed to be told to shut yeah. up. And I needed to be told I was wrong. And I needed to be shown why I was wrong. When so.
0: when you were um, what were so you now now that I have the uh, again, uh, b- b- but there's not time for it to be anything more than slightly simplified version of you in mm-hmm. my head um, from high school and college. How did relationships factor into that? Did you date at all in high school? Oh gosh, no. You, no, no, yeah. no. I mean, I had uh, very close relationships
1: with males mm-hmm. who. As, as friendship wise, yeah. th- that was fine. In Providence College, no, I was a pariah. I had, I had, now there was a couple of comedy nerds that we had flirtation. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We really like each other, but they did not want to date a fat girl. It's, it's that simple. Hmm. It really is that simple. And I accept that. Like I said, all these things make us who we are. Hmm. I understood that some of them were honest about it, which like, I kind of appreciate now. Hmm. There was one guy in particular, I, I will not mention his name because he's a wonderful guy. Uh, and at the time he, he was dating the woman he's married to now so mm-hmm. i'm not going to right. say Fair. his name Fair. and he was very honest that he that that uh everything would have been right for us going out but uh i was fat now i'm 5 foot 1 at the time i weighed 160 which is which is a lot mm. that's uh, i'm not criticizing anyone who weighs one sixty and it's five. when I'm just telling you the reality of what was going on for me mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. I ha- uh, have s- uh, since that uh, lost fifty pounds. You know, it makes a big difference in your life. Now, yeah. being in high school and college at that weight, it's not easy. Yeah. Um, now, like I said, luckily I got through it in high school. It seemed okay. College was was tough. And um, then there was my first boyfriend who I started going out with. Uh a wonderful guy who uh, started the flirtation, met him through the Wheaton girls. His name was um, Barry Modus mm-hmm. who didn't care that I was having, you know what I mean? And he was like, loved the same music, loved the comedy. And he was, by anyone's standard, an unbelievably handsome man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who did not care. That,
0: that's uh, a pretty great uh, first relationship. Uh, now
1: we should uh, some- we shouldn't be congratulating anyone anyone for not caring that somebody's fat. What I'm saying agreed, is though agreed, at, agreed. at a young age, these are that's unusual. Right. When a guy who was very popular and by anyone's standard a a catch and handsome, blah, 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 but also very nice and very cool. So mm-hmm. it wasn't a shallow thing. Yeah, yeah. Really into good music and Howard Zinn and good comedy, all of it, uh, liked me, which I don't understand. And we man that was my first kind of real boyfriend and we went out for about two or three years and then I of course very uh, unceremoniously as, as as I started meeting different fellas doing stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and my drinking ramped up mm-hmm. um, I became as ill-mannered as any 15-year-old. Mm. I was where a 15-year-old was at with yeah, relationships because yeah. I hadn't. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. No, now, it that's absolutely no, does. No comfort. And, and Barry is married to a wonderful woman now and I was, you know, who cares? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he doesn't even remember these things but yeah. I still feel badly about it because yeah. he was such a great guy and it meant the world to me that he thought thought well of me I, I wasn't used to that and, yeah. um, and uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to him and I'm sorry that I started making out with other comics but I was like oh my gosh look, look at this thing that makes me like other people you know I I've other people did it but they started doing it at 12, Absolutely. 13, 14 I didn't so yeah. I I regret to say I was quite immature about this newfound ability to to be able to make out with different guys who yeah. seemed interested in me. It was unusual to yeah. me, and um, that that's remained you know through my 30s and stuff. You know I've I've been going out with the same guy for 17 years. We did have a poly. We were polyamorous at the beginning. We're not now, mm-hmm. but that's why we I think we made it this long is mm. that we were able to to go outside of the relationship early on we don't now now we're monogamous and also we're both old and those days are gone and sober and <laughs> you know what i mean like when you're not when you're not drunk and you're older it's not it's, yeah. you know what i mean it's a moot point yeah. but uh, having said that w- when when i was younger and and unfortunately a heavy drinker boy i, I really just went nuts with like the making out with guys oh, although i have no well li- libidinous drive i have hmm. an unusually low libido i always have and i think now if I could say asexual, I, I would. Hmm. I think I always was sort of asexual. I think it's just bi- biology. Some mm-hmm. people have a, a strong libidinous drive and some people have a quite a low one. I've always had little to no mm-hmm. libidinous drive. Alcohol just kind of that's not to say I don't fantasize about that you know, or or see certain guys and go, Oh my god, oh my god. Right. Clive Owen and Croupier. You know yeah. what I mean? Like or
0: yeah, but that doesn't necessarily Dave translate. Grohl, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, I,
1: I feel sexual,
0: but it makes sense that it doesn't necessarily translate to yeah to but sudden life. frivolous like, yeah behavior that some people. I, I'm might saying have. like in the fantasy world, you yeah. know, I see I'll see yeah. a performer on
1: in a movie that like anyone and go, oh my god, that, yeah. that guy is so sexy. Or in life, I'll see some kid go past on a bike and go, oh, that's my look. Uh-huh. Like if I was 20 years younger, whatever. <laughs> or sometimes I'll meet someone that intellectually stimulates mm-hmm. me to a degree or that I find very, very sexy. But I have no wish mm-hmm. to actually have sex with anyone. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it, and I sort of never really did. Mm-hmm. It's the strangest thing. Alcohol really just was a thing. And also it was fun. Mm-hmm. And it was new. I think all of that makes perfect sense the sex it was first of all like I, my my relationship with Greg Barrett for example right. that actually was a sober one and one born out of friendship and deep deep emo- warm genuine emotion Yeah. when I dated Greg Barrett that, and how that happened it was this simple we were friends I moved into the house that he was living in as another roommate with Miss Laura Milligan and uh, Jerry Finelli. Margaret Cho I believe had just moved out or she was in the process of moving out Karen Anderson, It was like just comedians coming and going. I didn't have a mattress or a bed, and Greg said, "Just sleep with me." And then uh, from that, we just started having sex, <laughs> and it was the most <laughs> natural thing yeah. in the world. And that that was that and Barry Modis in certain ways. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, Barry Modis. I was going to say Barry Margisot, who was a roommate. That's a different Barry. <laughs> Great guy, <laughs> Barry Modis. My boy. That was pure. That was sober <laughs> and and real. Mm-hmm. And Greg was sober and real. And then there were uh, uh, another wonderful guy, comedian Mitch Rouse. That, that was sober and real. And then a lot of other ones, though, were just alcohol, 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 mm-hmm. two heavy drinkers. Now, Pete and I, my current boyfriend, started that way. Hmm. And that's why we were polyamorous. So it was mm-hmm. just two people who drank real heavy and had a great time together. Um, and then it grew as the years went on to... to a deep, deep friendship and connection that we have now, but mm. the sex is gone. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. we're different people now, yeah. and um, now we we are just dear, dear friends who love each other and and are committed to one another. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of the sex was just also it's a it's this Pavlovian thing, mm-hmm. apparently. Because I I would drink and and blackout a lot, especially mm. towards the end before I got sober, and wake up next to right some guy. Now, luckily for me, they were always great guys. Now, somehow, yeah. I, I, and I don't know who they were initially. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? But yeah. but they always wound up being interesting, funny. So somehow they must have been the conversation before the black no. something. I don't know what. But there was not a, bu- there was not a dud in the bunch. Of, yeah. of And I say this with no pride, honestly. Yeah. I say this with no pride that I woke up so many hotel rooms in this country and others hmm. with people. People whose name I had no idea who it was, and hmm. I have to find a diplomatic way of finding out what their name is. Great guys. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, and I understood why. Oh, I see why.
0: But, I, but <laughs> why pre blackout me
1: was Pavlovy. Yeah. I must have been going into sexual mode. Because mm-hmm. I would also be told, like, oh, you tried to make out with so and so, or you made out with so and so. These people. Yeah. Oh, did I? It's just. Wow. Uh, and it happens sometimes with, with females too. Um, and in no way. Uh, have I ever shown any bi-curiousness or, or bisexuality? That is not a, a criticism. I'm just saying I'm not. Yeah. I, I wish, I believe sexuality is fluid. I, it would have been easier yeah. had I been able because there would have been a lot more takers on the female uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as, 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 as a person of size, right. shall we say, right. uh, back in the old days. There were plenty of females I, I could have I dated from mm-hmm. Wheaton. hmm mm-hmm. A lot of ladies at Wheaton mm-hmm. who would have been interested, I think,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who are open to that kind of thing. hmm and at Emerson, <laughs> and at the clubs. Okay, but I'm so so so. Believe me when I tell you, I would have had had that been me, I would have gone yeah. that route. Yeah, it wasn't, but I I would sometimes come out of a blackout making out with a female. It was only because they were sitting to the right or to the left of me. It was it was this. So this is going to your point of sex isn't always about yeah something sex or it, yeah. It just and also the, there's a myth that is the truth, man. It isn't. Oh boy, it is. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Things we say when we're drunk. Now, maybe when you're buzzed a little bit, maybe you say certain things yeah. that you wouldn't have said. But when you are drunk, alcohol is not the truth. In fact, it's it's in fact quite the opposite most right, of the time. Right. Nobody lies more than an alcoholic. Yeah. Nobody has sex with people they have no wish to than an alcoholic. Nobody gets into situations they have no business being in than an alcoholic.
0: Yeah. It is not the truth. No, I don't have any um, patience for that so statement. It's a weird thing when people say that. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's a yeah, that's when that's when you're in the mindset that for some reason you can't be your authentic self unless you have alcohol, which is well, that's, that's how not, it starts. And, yeah. and
1: for some people in the beginning before it becomes a problem, there is some truth to that. Right. There, Dutch courage, if you will, right before it gets away from you, if you're and
0: maybe for some people it never does. And that that line remains mm-hmm. that line. And that is it the thing that you gives up. you a boost or whatever. Like I, one, understand one or yeah, yeah, I understand that or yeah, yeah, I understand that open you but up in a way.
1: Yeah that you're not comfortable with during the day and it's fun. Yeah. And it's it, it's why sometimes it gets away from you because you think, "Oh, this is this is good. I'm having fun. I uh, the voices in my head are quelled. Yeah. I feel fine with myself right now. I'm having a great time. I am able to talk to these people with ease. Right. I am able to feel sexual with ease. I am right. able to navigate the world of social interaction and and relationships with ease. I'm able to go on stage with no fear. Right. That's fine all of it. There is some truth to that in, in moderation. Right. When you are no longer able to put a cap on that moderation, which I soon quickly mm. became a person who is a full blown drinker, blackouts, drinking during the day, drinking every day. And the drinking during the day I felt was a necessity. I was so hung over and had the shakes just to get even and go to work and right. stuff. I had to do it. right? And, uh, People would say that's a weird justification, but it really was. Uh, I mean, I-, I had to to do a couple shots, literally, to get my shit yeah. together, and I wasn't drunk or anything. Yeah,
0: yeah, I was yeah. Just no, no, no. Even. Yep, yep, yep.
1: Now that's a problem. Yeah. This went on for years, and people didn't know about it. Then, as you get older, you don't metabolize as well, and I was able to maintain and hide it for years. There was plenty of people who had no idea. Yeah, I was drinking as much as I was. Then it becomes more obvious. Then people try and intervene and if you're not ready it's a it's a mess now by the second time people intervened i had made the decision so Mm -hmm. that one worked yeah but prior to that i was not ready you have to people can intervene and do everything and make all the threats whatever it is if you're not ready it's never going to, to work and i wish i had gotten sober earlier i really really do but i didn't yeah and um I did in 2001 and had not had a drink since. Um, and it's all or nothing with me. It actually is fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? So some some people who have a problem with alcohol will never get past that that troublesome area. Right. Um, now I had, had since substitute. Then I went into pot, full bore. And then because I couldn't moderate that in 2009, I stopped that. Um, but that's my problem. It's like, I got to get into it. You know what I mean? Like all of it, all of it, all of it, all of it. And pot is so potent now. Yeah. So ridiculously potent now. It's not like it was in the 70s and 80s, which was you had to smoke a great deal Mm -hmm. of it to get anything. Now it's ridiculous. And I would smoke it like cigarettes, you know, because I smoke cigarettes. And I would go into the stratosphere. (laughs) You know what I mean? And (laughs) then with edibles for days. Yeah. And uh, and I realized I'm just now. I'm doing the same
0: thing again. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm did you feel like um, God? I really. I got to play this mash game with you. But did you feel like? Uh, and so, why do we even ask a question? Because I know I'm going to get a great response that then elicits uh, me wanting to talk for another 40 minutes about something. But <clears throat> did you feel, in in the in the traditional sense um, of being a highly sensitive person, that it really had to do with just? Being able to quiet voices? No, like? I think I'm a garden that.
1: variety okay. schmuck who, uh, like anybody who, uh, you know, not, uh, actually, I'm the schmuck. Others aren't. I'm not accusing anybody. I am like anybody who wants what they want when they want it. It, mm-hmm. it, it. There's 23 million alcoholics that we know of, according to the show Intervention. Uh, it's quite easy to be an alcoholic. There's a reason people like it. There's different versions of alcoholics. I also don't believe in my case it's a, a disease. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's hereditary. I don't think it's a disease. Nothing. I think I was a person like anyone who, like this is great. You know right. I mean? like if a, it feels good, why wouldn't I want to feel this? And times a hundred. And yeah. then because I, uh, you know, I can be I- immature, and and also I was living a lifestyle, and still do, and have a type of job where you can drink a great deal mm-hmm. and blend in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: don't have kids, stuff like that. Yeah. Also, I just uh, want what I want, and I wanted alcohol. Yeah. Uh, there is no deeper meaning. Yeah. I am not. Uh, a more interesting or more multi-layered person than anyone. I mean, some, you know, I yeah. am, I'm more interesting than a right winger. Uh-huh. <laughs> if I can get that one back in, yeah. I'm, more, I'm going back to that. I mean, there are some people that are not interesting at all and you've seen them. Yeah. At the Trump rallies. Yeah. So let's deal with just interesting people right, who are right, alcoholics, right. but some aren't very, very sensitive and they have real
0: anxiety. I mean, anx- that's, exa- I you know, that would, be an anxiety, an, that would be an example, but just of, garden, yeah. garden yeah. variety.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, just there's a reason people take to drinking, mm-hmm. especially at a young age. Mm-hmm. It really is fun till it isn't. Mm-hmm. And I had a great time till I didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. But there's no deeper meaning, and there's nothing about me that's interesting th- that is that. In fact, quite the opposite. Um, all of my worst characteristics mm-hmm. actually are why I uh, was overweight, why I did too many drugs, and why I drank too much. Just a, a just a a need to to have it all mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. all the food all the drugs mm-hmm. all the alcohol mm-hmm. all of it all of it all of it and don't tell me i can't mm-hmm. have any of that that is not a criticism of anyone else i'm mm-hmm. only dealing yeah. with me i'm sure others will take no uh will will say hey, will you save that people but i'm not i'm saying me no me, no, me, no no i think you've been you know very how clear people love that. to i know it doesn't matter how clear you are people hear what they want to hear yeah. it happens every time i do stand-up yeah. you know what i mean like i i, I feel i'm being very clear about uh-huh. what i'm saying and there's always somebody after the show yeah that that has some that has totally like the lily allen song uh it's hard out here for a bitch
0: uh-huh. and she even has that
1: lyric if if uh if you don't get the sarcasm you've misunderstood she even sings that I right love lily Allen. right lily. right right but if you just listen to that song it's hard out here for a bitch at the surface you go oh that's silly that's even misogynistic listen to what she's saying mm-hmm. now, now i'm not comparing myself to lily allen she is far brighter than me and much more interesting than me <laughs> i love lily allen i can't say uh, that. i do I, I idolize lily allen but um she is clever mm-hmm. she is clever but she i think was addressing things that happened to her and again i'm not you could relate to it to it's okay it's i can relate to that back. people Hell misunderstand yeah. right. her lyrics to me, she's being quite clear, right? But uh, she gets a lot of flack for certain things she says. Uh, I, I am judging by things she says in interviews and, mm-hmm. and in her songs because mm-hmm. she's she's a storyteller songwriter. You know, she she and she's funny like a uh, uh, Patty Smith too, who I think is one of the first um, alt comics. If you know, she actually in the seventies, I was reading about her, and um, she used to do these freeform. Talking over footage of films and museums mm-hmm. in the art scene. Oh yeah! And I heard that she was like hilarious because yeah. she would just be like doing what we would call alternative stand like up. She riffed, <laughs> rip- yeah, over footage, and I was like, wow! I think Patty Smith in the seventies was one of the first alt comics. Yeah, whatever that means. That I hate that phrase, alternative. Yeah comics and i loved what eugene merman called it now informal comedy oh that's funny i love that's that great informal i'll take it yeah, uh, yeah. But alternative i don't know what that means except for you're doing stand-up in a venue that is an alternative to right. a proper comedy right you know, right right but other people misunderstand like oh they alternative kind. Com- they think they're so cool no it's yeah uh, but eugene merman said informal stand-up and i love i love that yeah i think that's right that's great and i think Patty Smith. Was one of the first. I think Lily Allen is like that, in, it, with with great music behind it, or yeah. catchy beats or whatever the kids are calling it.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I have to. We have to stop talking. All right, soon here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take. I'm going to segue into this Mash game now. Mash is a a, a a very fun yet immature game. Mansion, apartment, shack, house. Okay. Um, back in the day, I'll say in the '80s, All right. um, one would pick. Uh, you'd be given a category of like. what kind of car do you drive? List three. What kind of this would you have? List three. And then there's a process of elimination after which... um I will say, you got this. You got this. You got this. You got this. So it's the okay. sort of fictitious right. world of um, of the imaginary, which essentially for me is just a way to end the podcast okay. by celebrating the things you like. All right. So, um, uh, with some measure of childishness, so I'm going to take what you were just talking about with Lily Allen et all and say three in this mash fictitious world three. People you don't know, but you would in this world are dear friends. They love you. They'll, you'll always, you know, they'll pick but up the phone and say, them? but in this, but, but in today's in world, my you don't. In your fantasy, is Lily Allen your best friend? You my, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. 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 So, okay. so, uh, yeah, so three. And living or dead? Lily Allen. Right. Living or dead? Oh, wow. I know. I really hope it ended up. Is it easier if I keep it living? Let's keep it living. All right. Keep it living. Um, The Birthday Boys. <laughs> That's great. Those guys. I can really facilitate that for sure.
1: Oh no, no, no! I don't want to facilitate anything. I'm just saying that <laughs> in my fantasy, I'm I'm still very young right. and I get to
0: go out with all of them,
1: right? And and be drunk. Wonderful. Um, okay, so Lily Allen, The Birthday Boys, and Stuart Lee, great. comedian. My favorite comedian of all time, British comedian.
0: Great. Okay, three. uh Three foods that are, or drinks that um, in this fictitious world are, uh, it's sort of opposite land. So something that you couldn't have in perpetuity for one reason or another in this world, um, in our imaginary world, are in I fact good it. for you. Like it uh, could be as specific Patron, as, yeah, great tequila. Great. You're saying three liquids. Mm-hmm. Or, or foods could be like oh, a foods. cookie or fried okay, chicken. Uh,
1: or, okay. Patron, tequila, um... Pasta carbonara. Yeah. Or actually, a specific dish, pasta la mama. Okay, uh, great. That's at at that place in San, in uh, Los Angeles on Santa Monica Boulevard.
0: Um, oh. The one on, near the Troubadour? It's near the Troubadour, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh, oh, God. I always forget. Why did I just the forget the name of it? Duh, it's, oh, God. But we know. Like you want to say duh something, but. Yeah, like Damiano's or something, but that's not it's not it Damiano's. Is. Yeah. That that's a pizza place
1: that is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Near the old Largo. Yeah. Okay, so but yeah, Pasta La Mama, great. Patron Tequila, and um,
0: coffee Fribbles from Friendlies. <laughs> Wonderful. Love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna remember the name of that Italian restaurant. Um, okay, next one is uh, three books that are um the worlds that you can jump into so the books that you it's a real place and you pride and prejudice great immediately pride and prejudice great you're not alone
1: uh jude the obscure oh wonderful and um let's see because i reread jude the obscure and pride and prejudice all the time especially if i'm feeling down it just yeah. comforts me um and this one is not for a good thing but it it sucks me in blood meridian by okay. cormac mccarthy oh, but God, yeah. in a way that sticks with you and, and that i don't like at all uh-huh. but
0: that's you got to you got to give stuck it props in it. yeah <laughs> I don't know if I want to send you into that if that's the one you end up with um, in this game of ours but we'll see we'll see now it's on there now it's on there oh no Um, next one will be uh, three now I know we kind of covered this with the birthday boys but three um, crushes alternate universe uh, husbands or wives um, companions you know it's a sort of a romance uh, Bill Murray great
1: alternate universe Bill Murray um
0: uh Dantanas, what? Dantanas, I think is the name of the. No, 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 it's, it's not. not. Oh, that is the one I know I'm thinking Dantana's, of. That's right no, next to the Troubadour. This is a restaurant. Gotcha. But I know exactly what you're gotcha, talking gotcha, about. Gotcha. 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 At least I got to the place I needed to be, which was to remember Dantanas. And uh, that's very near the Troubadour. This yeah. is a little further from there. Gotcha. Um, Bill Murray. Okay, Bill
1: Murray, Eddie Vedder, because he's right. just always on the right side of history. Right. A soul. <laughs> it's great. So it's right great. side of history. It's great. Um, I have for years said uh, Eddie Vedder should be my boyfriend. He doesn't know that and he's married with children mm-hmm. but I, I feel like... And Mike Nesmith. Oh, oh my God. from the, Mike Nesmith. How that wasn't number one, I'm oh. sorry. I have had, unironically, a massive... And it has only grown over the years. Yeah. I love Mike Nesmith. I think that's great. Uh, of the Monkees and I met him once in the 90s and was so hungover I could not be... Uh, have an exchange. He was the nicest guy in the yeah. world and I have... I think he thinks I'm the biggest douchebag in Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, Not that he would remember this, but right. I was so hungover. Yeah. I couldn't kind of banter with it. he was yeah. so nice. And and also I was so anxious because I have loved him since yeah. the late sixties. Yeah. I love him more now. He's I still touring. Yeah. Mike Nesmith, I, that should That's have been great. number one. Well, you know
0: actually. what? This isn't in any order, so it could okay. end up being it could it could benefit you that he ends up being okay. number three. Uh, next one is um, three uh, places in the, the world that it would be fun to have a sort of a vacation retreat um, if getting there was not a pain in the ass.
1: Well, it's not a pain in the ass, but I'd like England, great. London, great, 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 um, Melbourne, Australia, great. That is a pain in the ass getting to, um, and Ireland. Great. I would say maybe 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 Dublin. Great. Um I would like to be there all the time. All those places and that's why I love watching any PBS drama that takes place Agreed. in those places just to look at the scenery.
0: 100% agree. 100% agree. Um okay, tomorrow you wake up and you have sort of downloaded three skills of matrix style uh-huh. where you um you wake up and you're brilliant at three things that you're not Oof. now.
1: Uh that's everything. Um I would like to be highly competent great. Um, and skilled at problem solving. Great. I would like to be very mathematically conversant and not Me frightened too. of math. And I would like to have a facility for languages. Yeah, great, great, great. Great.
0: Um, okay. Three uh, bands or singer-songwriters that um, you can sort of conjure uh, at the snap of a finger to play for you at any time.
1: Mike Nesmith.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're increasing your chances of getting him for Billy something, Allen. so this is good. Great. Eddie Vedder. <laughs> great. No, this is great. I'm telling you, it's a lottery and you're really upping your chances. I'm trying to up the ante here. Up the ante. And then um, last one uh, is um, three things that you... This is um, this is a little more esoteric, but it's uh, a recent uh, v- uh, listener suggestion that I like a lot. Three things that you wish you could sort of experience for the first time all over again. You know, where you're like, God, I wish I could read this book and have no idea what the next page was going to hold, and just have that have first. Could be, could be a movie. Could be. Uh, even I'd an like experience to redo seeing, Bonnaroo
1: two thousand nine. Yeah. Great. I'm not going to get into details for why, but I'd like to revisit that. Great. I would like to revisit SNL, but in a different year. Yep. Uh, with different. Head writer agreed without naming names. Just I agree that for you on your behalf. I agree. I would like to have not. Can I say that? Yeah, sure. sure I sure. would like to have not said yes to Criminal Minds. Great. So I would like to to go back in time and not have done Criminal mind suspect behavior. Great,
0: <laughs> great. Oh, that's great. Um, was, Padgett, was the pageant also Criminal Minds? No, no, no Minds? she's on Criminal Minds. I was oh, on the yeah, spinoff yeah. that gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. was canceled. Gotcha, gotcha, um, Gotcha. Okay, now, this is just a random way that I get to each of these things that you actually end up with lottery style. Tell me when to stop. Okay. I'm going to throw this hair away while you're doing it. Okay. But really tell me when to stop. Or it's going to go on forever. Okay. Stop. Okay. I'm going to pause this, do some math, come back and announce your 100% guaranteed fictitious future. Okay. So I, gotta, I gotta share you wanna, you, You've done a good job now I, I gotta rip the band-aid off though Because of the multiple Potentialities Not a word uh, of, the, of the multiple possibilities of, of getting Mike Nesmith He just didn't come up on this what? one Your Mike Nesmith uh, 20-sided die uh, For whatever reason You didn't get him this time around Mike, <laughs> You did though Get your um, alternate universe uh, Marriage to Bill Murray Oh Not uh, too shabby Nice And your uh, Eddie Vedder fix So whenever you want him around really? To play for you or otherwise that's You still got nice. him nice Those are two fine gentlemen that's Fine nice. gentlemen um, I don't know which one of them You share time with uh, In your uh, mansion in Ireland And I don't know why you have a mansion Because well, you don't Marriott seem like someone who like would But Irish. that's what you got There you go There Irish you go descent. Beautiful The beautiful Irish countryside I like a little fog Like a little mist on the moor mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't Listen, you have that life. Um, if you feel like you're missing uh, the old, the good old uh, England side of things, I want you to know that you can dive right into Pride and Prejudice. <gasps> Interact with those characters to your heart's content. Oh, my goodness. It's a real life. Hopefully, it's a real no zombies. World. As you know, Pride and Prejudice and <laughs> Zombies right. That's right. opens this week. You got the original Pride and Prejudice mm-hmm. rather than the amended one. Elizabeth, ones Elizabeth that Bennett. Did. I'll take a turn. Ms. I'm going to take a turn Indeed. about brown. Indeed. Uh, do you need to um, share that good time with your BFF, Lily Allen? <gasps> Yeah, I'll take a turn. I'm going to take That's a turn correct. with Miss Lily Allen and Miss Elizabeth
1: Bennett, Jane Bennett. Indeed. Maybe not Lydia. Do I want to see? Do I want to see what uh, happens when uh,
0: when uh, when Elizabeth Bennett knocks back some Patron? You bet I do. Oh, yes. It's in this world. You got it. You oh, got she's it. Probably a wonderful, wonderful
1: intellect when she when she gets some Patrons in her. She's a she's she's really a Oscar
0: Wilde's book Is reading. It up? Yeah, she likes to read books. There you go yeah we'll see what happens um and then let's see uh you have you wake up in the morning extraordinarily skilled competent um oh my gosh uh which is fabulous At problem solving at problem solving exactly right at problem solving and then um that just leaves us with the fact that you also get the opportunity to redo bonnaroo 09 Oh, thank you. 09. Oh, thank you. Jesus, if you exist. Thank Wonderful. you. Wonderful. Thank you. That's perfect. Oh, my God. Janine, thank you so much. Thank you. I, don't even, I didn't Barney. have my clock running, so I don't even know how long that was. Uh, I just know you're a saint. We started a
1: bit before two, and it is now five I mean, four. that
0: seems crazy to me. But uh, uh, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you for having thank me, you, Janet. Thank you, thank you. And uh I look forward to uh, seeing your shows at Sketchfest. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank and you for having United me at Sketchfest. of America. Uh, guys, talk to you next time on the podcast. Bye.